Hey gang, welcome to StreamYard Connect. I'm Ross Brand. This is the show where we talk about all things going on with live streaming, with StreamYard, and content creation. Thanks so much for joining us uh, for another episode of StreamYard Connect. We have a special guest coming up in just a little bit, uh, Jim Collison. He is somebody who pioneered live streaming in the enterprise, in the corporate world, and podcasting as well. He's going to talk about why he uses StreamYard for Gallup's webcasts, and we'll also get into some of the other projects that he works on and some of the other experiences he's had over the years with video and audio and content creation for the online space. And we have a lot of interesting news going on, uh, both around StreamYard and around live streaming. So let's get right to it, and then we'll bring up Jim and get to that part of the show. And the first thing is, of course, we start out with the three pillars of StreamYard. StreamYard is a browser-based live streaming app that makes it easy to go live. It's a very stable platform, and you can do professional-looking live streams. You can get up to speed very quickly and get started with StreamYard. It's a terrific app. You see the co-founders there, Gage Vandentop on the left and Dan Briggs on the right. And StreamYard's been around for a little over a year now. It's going strong and uh, they keep adding features and those features keep working really well. And one of the new features we have right now is green screens. This has been one of the most re requested features for uh, by StreamYard users in the StreamYard community group and in the town halls. Um, people just really want the green screens, and now this is live. And I, I don't know if you guys have used green screens yet. If you have, let me know if you have used the, the StreamYard green screen. And if you have used it, I'm also curious what image you picked for your background. Did you use one of the ones provided? Did you upload your own. Uh, love to know how you're using green screens so far. And really, it's remarkable to be able to have this with no download needed in a browser-based app. And Gage Vandentop on the town hall on Sunday night talked about what it means to be able to provide green screens in this fashion to StreamYard users. The best part about this feature, it's really cool, is you don't have to download anything. It works right in StreamYard. So Dan and I um, aren't using virtual cams or anything like that. We just have green screens uh, behind us and uh, it's all the functionality is built directly in StreamYard. I don't know how, like, how many apps you guys have used, but it's pretty, I've not ever seen a browser-based application that pulls this off well. Like there's some things that attempt to do it, um, but it doesn't really perform very effectively. So we're really excited that we were able to pull it off. So what do you need to know about green screens? It's very easy to use. You need a green or blue screen behind you with good lighting. Uh, it's also available to guests, which is great. So if your guest has the ability, uh, has a green screen, they can use this technology as well when they're on StreamYard. Uh, basically, you go into your settings you click green screen, you know, where you where you select your audio and video settings. There's also a settings bar for green screen. Um, and you select one of the virtual backgrounds. Once you have your green screen set up and lit, it needs to be either green or blue. 
and you select either one of the backgrounds that they've that they've provided, which one of them is the brick wall there. Another one looks sort of like a, a big open living room. And uh, you can see Gage, the CEO, on, on the left side of that graphic. He's sitting in front of his green screen, and then he goes and activates the green screen image that he wants to use, and that's the brick wall image, which is available to everybody. And like I said, you can upload your own uh, image. It should be 1280 by 720 is, is the right size for that image. And you can find out more. Gage did a video, a tutorial video, which is in the StreamYard community group, and it's on YouTube and social. You can look at that. Uh, it'll give you some background. Also, there's a blog post on the StreamYard website, which talks about what you need to know for green screens. And also, if you're relatively new to StreamYard, it recaps all the developments from the past year, but it's it's very easy to use. Again, just go into your settings, click green screen. You have it set up behind you. You have it well lit and select one of the images and you can activate that. And you can be almost anywhere that you can get a picture from when you go live. And speaking of uh, going anywhere, you can go to a multitude of destinations with StreamYard. You can go to Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, uh, Periscope, which gets you on Twitter. You can go to Twitch. And with RTMP, you can go just about any place you want to go where they accept an RTMP connection. You can put in a stream key that you get from the destination. You put that into StreamYard and you can connect even if StreamYard doesn't have a built-in integration with that platform. And there's multi-streaming on StreamYard. As you may know, if you're on the basic plan, you can go to two destinations. If you are on the pro plan, you can go to five destinations. Today, we are going to the StreamYard Facebook page. We're going to both the StreamYard and my personal profile on LinkedIn, the uh, StreamYard Twitch channel, and the Periscope uh, and Twitter account of my own, and there'll be a quiz on that later. So uh, <laughs> take notes. <laughs> uh, also, we have a podcast as well. If you want to catch the replay in in audio, you want to listen to it on your phone and on the go, you can do that uh, through Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Podchaser, and a whole bunch of other apps. Uh, so. You can subscribe and get this show that way if you can't join us live or prefer to consume the replay in uh, in an audio uh, format. Easy for me to say. Let's get to the news real quick, and then we're going to bring on our guest, Jim Collison, to talk about live streaming in the corporate world and podcasting and YouTube and all sorts of good content creation things. LinkedIn has a big announcement they are expanding access for pages for LinkedIn Live. Uh, now, any business page admin can apply for LinkedIn Live to go live on their page. Previously, access for going live on business pages, not personal profiles, but to go live as your business page was limited to basically the United States and then uh, within the U.S., you still had to apply and, and there was a process you still have to apply, 
But now, theoretically, any page is eligible anywhere in the world. And they introduced some other tools that make it a little bit easier to uh, activate your page and your page's audience. For the most part, LinkedIn kind of revolves around personal profiles and not as much use of business pages, at least in terms of interactivity, as there is on Facebook. So one of the things you can now do is you can invite your first degree connections from your personal profile. If you're managing a page, you can invite your per- your first degree connections to follow the page. Everyone following your page will get notified when you do go live and you can easily select from the home page to post as either yourself or as your page, whereas previously you had to go to the page and uh, be on the admin side of the page, and then you could post as your business page. Some interesting statistics came up. These are, of course, from LinkedIn. Uh, Social Media Today also reported on this, and LinkedIn uh, viewers and, and all live stream viewers is something I, I've talked about a lot, want access. That's the, the big advantage of live streaming when you compare it to TV or radio. It's that immediacy. It's that access. It's that interactivity that you can get with the audience and the host. And uh, LinkedIn found that their live videos are getting, on average, seven times more reactions and 24 times more comments than native video uploaded from the same broadcaster. Also, 87% of viewers said that they would prefer to watch video online versus TV if online includes more behind-the-scenes content. And, of course, behind-the-scenes content is really one of the key uh, types of content when you look at interactivity. And I just quickly want to update a story we talked about. Last week, Spotify was looking to get into sports podcasting. They were thinking about doing a daily show of their own uh, short-form show, perhaps to start out with. And now they are reportedly in the early stage of talks to acquire The Ringer, which is run by former ESPN personality Bill Simmons. It has over 30 podcasts gets over 100 million downloads, and uh, it's reported to make about $15 million a year through podcasting. So if Spotify were to acquire that, it would get hold of all those resources and have a really an entire sports and pop culture podcast network uh, with its own talent and its own uh, distribution right right within right in house so to speak so that's interesting to see they're seriously going at it they've poured a lot of money into podcasting uh over the last year or so and acquired anchor and gimlet media and they had some other acquisitions and they see podcasting although it's a small aspect of the usage of spotify right now particularly in comparison to music they see it as the biggest potential area for growth for new customers, new subscribers, new users. And that's why they have such a strong interest in podcasting. And if you do take your live stream and turn it into a podcast uh, 
Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, I would say, are the the three places you you need to be on. Spotify is closing in on Apple. Yes, there's some reports that it's it's past Apple, and there's some debate on that as the number one listening app. But either way, uh, Spotify is a big player in podcasting, and if you have a podcast, you do want to get it on Spotify. This is StreamYard Connect. I'm Ross Brand. We do the show twice a month. We're going to be off for the next couple weeks, and then we'll be back with two shows in February. You can find us here when we are live. It's Wednesday, 2 p.m. Eastern. We go live on Facebook, LinkedIn, Periscope slash Twitter, and Twitch. And with that, let's Get ready to bring on our guest. It's Jim Collison. He's uh, really a triple threat in online broadcasting. He's a live streamer, a podcaster, a YouTuber. He's a pioneer in bringing live streaming and podcasting into the enterprise at Gallup, where he does uh, produces a whole bunch of webcasts, which are live streams and podcasts, and hosts some of them, but he, he does them at all different times to reach part of the Clifton Strengths and coaching community at Gallup all over the world, does does shows in three different languages. He also runs the AverageGuy.tv podcast network where you can find shows like Home Gadget Geeks and Cyber Frontiers. And if that's not enough, Saturday mornings, Jim is the co-host with Dave Jackson for Ask the Podcast Coach, Saturday mornings, 1030, where... You can call in and ask your questions about podcasting, popular show, and strong community on Saturday morning. So uh, Jim's doing some terrific things. He's a good friend and uh, somebody who uh, has keen insights on what's going on in the live video and in the podcasting space. And we welcome Jim Collison live from the Gallup Studios. Thanks, Ross. I got my pen. I'm ready for that quiz. Did yeah. You, are we... <laughs> uh, which account are we on on LinkedIn? <laughs> <laughs> I, I would fail. There's a lot, a lot of ways for for to get connected to you. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Thanks for joining us. It's great to have you on. Um, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on this week is I was listening to Ask the Podcast Coach as I drove into New York in the snow. Had the phone turned down, so I was not looking at the phone. And you gave probably the best explanation of why the audio quality is so good when you're live streaming with StreamYard. So the first thing I'd like to ask you is if you can explain that and really go a little deeper with that, because I think our I think people are going to find that interesting, whether they're live streamers or they're using StreamYard to record non-live content, for example, an interview for a podcast or a YouTube video or something to distribute internally in their organization. Yeah, uh, you bet. I actually just learned this from Dan and Gage, listening to those guys talk about it. <laughs> it, it makes a lot of sense, though, you know, as a podcasting now, and we've been live streaming via YouTube since kind of the day that opened. So six or seven years now, and you kind of used to have to host all your you know, the video part of this used to have to be hosted locally. In other words, you'd have to have a your own PC server, whatever. You Your hardware kind of determined how good the quality would be. And, and a lot of folks struggled with it. When you, when you think about 
streaming, even, you know, even 1080p now, that's a, that's all, that's, it takes a lot of horsepower uh, for right. people to do. And so w- I would have to bring that video in. I would host it. I would be bringing in, I might be using a Wirecast or an OBS to, to put those videos together. We use the hangout feature for a lot of, a lot of years mm-hmm. um, in, inside Google to do that. But the, the quality really depended on the, the local horsepower. Well, this changes with StreamYard, right? So now you and I are not, you're not hosting and I'm not hosting. We're actually going to a hosted instance, a virtual server, basically in an Amazon instance somewhere in the world. In the uh, uh, Gage and Dan have set up the horsepower for us. So in other words, they've optimized that instance for the best possible audio and video quality. We're coming into that instance. Uh, in, in the old days, if you who were hosting it would leave, uh, we were done. Like it didn't work anymore. In this case, Ross, you could drop and I would still stay on. In fact, I would just, then I would just take over as the host or whatever. You could go, come and go and it'll stay running because it's not, the instance is not running locally. It's running in a cloud or it's running on Amazon servers. So it's super smart. They control the optimization of the hardware and the software and they make sure these streams are of great quality. They spin up the horsepower to make these things work. And so it just allows us uh, a single bandwidth connection to those servers to make it work. So it's pretty genius. Uh, what they're doing there is pretty amazing. And it really takes the responsibility of horsepower off the host, which is good. It allows even low bandwidth situations. So if you're a host in a low bandwidth area, it still allows you to kind of participate and not have to worry about uh, having you know a lot of CPU power uh, locally. Yeah, and if I'm mixing locally for a local recording, let's say I want to record on a, a hardware recorder in order for just to, to pop that in my computer and make the podcast, right? Um, I could I'm changing the settings on my mixer, the level, whatever, but I'm doing that only for the recording. Everything else. I, I could unplug that basically and plug in with a USB mic because it's all happening. StreamYard's handling all yep. that audio. Yep. Only anything I do on my side is not impacting your audio whatsoever. Correct. So I can make mistakes with my mixing. I can do and and yet we both sound like we're having a conversation where either one of us could be the originator of this broadcast. Yeah. And Hangouts had a little element of that, except the 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 person who started it kind of still had responsibility to be there or to stay there or to right. work with it with Streamyard, um, you got you have that flexibility. In fact, tomorrow I'm doing some recordings on Streamyard and I can't be there for the whole thing, so I'm going to kick it off and get it started, and then um, I'm going to leave and just leave it running and and let them finish up the work that they're going to do, and I'll just tell them all, you know, to uh, to log out when they're done, you know, close the browsers when they're done. And um, it gives it gives me incredible flexibility in that way to to really, you know, and I, I think people underestimate the the bandwidth that it takes. We're pushing pretty big video, and it's only going to get bigger as we think about 4K that's coming. Well, in, in the old days, I'd have to st- up, upload mine and then download somebody else's and then upload it again yeah. as I was doing. Wow. I mean, it was it was it was we had we had um, data going everywhere. Where this, I'm really just sending a video stream that has audio in it to their servers. They're broadcasting it out to all the various places. And the best part is they're being, it's all optimized. So it's, it's kind of the best possible scenario based on the criteria that's there. So very, very powerful. They've done, they've done a very good job. 
Now, there were some other factors or features as well that led you to choose StreamYard yeah. when you needed to make a new choice because Hangouts went away. What did what was it that really was important to you when you chose StreamYard for Gallup's webcasts? Yeah, so f- really in all that we do, but especially for Gallup's, I, I don't um, w- the the users that we have on the the folks we interview. We do a couple of these a week, right? So we're doing a bunch of them a year, hundreds, some a year. And uh, I need them to be able to connect fairly easily. Like I I can't, this can't be hard. And it's in the past, it's been hard. Um, You know, way back in the day, we'd have to do a Skype connection or we'd have to, you know, various software. Um, For a while, the browsers were making it easy with HTML5. The browsers were making it easier, but was still maybe a login was required or something like that. Really with StreamYard, it's just a link. And it just really works. I, I, I've never had anybody or any problems in getting a guest on or uh, getting co-hosts on. They really just click the link. It's taken me out of the support cycle in having to be like, okay, we need to do a test call. We need to figure some things out. You need, you know, th- those um, to get kind of those pieces working. It is really, really, I mean, a lot of folks who've, who I've interviewed before or have been on, you know, a, a, a webcast or a live stream, they click the link and then like, oh my gosh, that's it? Like, is there anything else I need to do? And you kind of go, no, um, we're, we're good. We're connected. Um, right. And there's some options. You know, you can change your camera settings and you you can change the audio connection. And now with green screen capabilities, you can you can do that. Uh, even that is pretty easy, right? They've laid it out very nicely. And uh, it's easy for the novice to come in and use the service. And it's great also for the experienced broadcasters such as yourself to be able to get that guest on quickly so you don't have to have them, you know, it's hard enough to book somebody for a half an hour or an hour in the middle of a busy day. But you need to come on a half an hour early because I'm going to have to crop your video and put position it and then do each shot that I'm going to do. And each graphic for you has got to be done. Yeah. here yeah. it is. The choices are limited, but they're they're still pretty vast. But you can't put that banner in the wrong place when you put the text in on that banner. Yeah. Your logo is always going to be positioned in the right place. You know, yeah. it, it, the choices are limited enough, so you really can't go wrong by following some of the basic setup that's that's here. And then with overlays, you can pretty much brand the broadcast any way you want, which is how I, I do those graphics that sit next to me when I'm doing the news and I go one to the next to the next. It's all with overlays instead of having to build a shot for each one and switch shots. I just switch overlays. Yeah. You know, we chose to purchase the the plan that removed the logos. And so we, we, for the first, oh, I don't know, three or four months it came out. We just used, we kept the logo in place and we were fine with it. Right. Uh, our viewers would make comments about it and we, we kind of joke around. And then it just became really clear. Like I, I want to, I, I probably need to be able to brand this uh, both now and in the future uh, towards Gallup. And so we purchased the plan that allows us to do that. And I've done zero branding. So it's just a black screen. <laughs> you know, in this case, it would be like just removing the StreamYard Connect logo that you have up there, just a black screen. That works perfectly perfectly for us. One of the features we really like, uh, because I try to make very interactive webcasts. I want people to put information in the chat, and we want to bring that in and show it live. 
And so um, we use the feature a lot to click on the chat room here in the live, the live comments and bring them into the conversation. And in all our webcasts, that has become a really, really kind of important audience engagement tool to keep people kind of connected. We, I think we have some of the best uh, audience in the world. Like our, the audience we get for our Gallup webcasts are awesome. And so we want to value what they say and make them a part of the conversation. And so that part works out really well. That they, that's another feature that had not been available anywhere else before that just kind of works like, and it works really, really well. So pretty excited about that. Yeah. And I think one of the differences between other similar platforms and, and StreamYard is if you did give out that link and somebody came into the back end, into the green room or studio or whatever, all of a sudden the video quality would diminish for everybody on the screen. You're like, no, 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 no. You got to come back two minutes before your segment or, you know, well, you got to wait till this person's done. You don't have to do that. You can actually line up, you know, 10 video feeds in the studio here, six on screen, but 10 in the studio. And it just keeps on working. There's no interruption. There's no reset or, you know, nobody has to drop off, which is really cool. What's interesting, Jim, when I talked to you the first time I had you on one of my shows in, I think, mid-2016, and at that time, a lot of podcasters were not doing any type of video or doing live streaming. Now there's a lot more cross-pollination where live streamers are making podcasts and podcasters are recording live, but you talked about um, how you know, the impact and what it meant to, to do, to do video. The rest of them have a video component to it. And we've actually found that really, really useful to create communicate, you know, to create this connection. This last week we did uh, the Clifton strength summit here in Omaha, about 750 coaches from all around the world, literally all around the world. We have them from everywhere come in. And I was, I kind of had, um, I just hung out in the crowd and, Ross, I got a little mobbed by the crowd. They recognized me from the videos, right? Which is what we want, right? Oh, we wow. want that audience engagement. We but it wasn't about you being recognized. It was really about the brand mm -hmm. and that attachment. And you talked about that as well. We want that brand recognition. And they kind of saw me as the face of what we do from a webcasting standpoint. Right. That's incredibly rewarding. But we, we realized we got enormous amounts of engagement in what they're doing. The fact that they could find me and then recognize me and then know that's what's going on there was just a really a real testament to the brand connection they had made. Right. And yeah, I'm the face of it. But Ultimately, they're connecting to our brand. So it's really, really important. That is the power of live streaming and the power of video is that people feel like they know you and they feel like they're a part of a community and they're part of the brand as as that connection is just so, so strong. How has that developed over the years? That was about four, three and a half, four years ago. How, how has uh, video developed? for uh gallup as part of its business yeah i don't i didn't even recognize that guy that was on that video like <laughs> we were was so like 17 <laughs> <laughs> um yeah you know so great example uh in that i mean it, it hasn't changed in that time just yesterday so uh, i was in early for breakfast i was speaking we have uh, folks come in who do uh training here at gallup they're in a week-long course, and on Tuesday mornings, I get the opportunity to speak to them for 20 or 30 minutes, and it's about 30 in the room. 
And uh, before the, the the day even started, somebody caught me in the atrium and I've never seen them before, but they were obviously had seen me and came up and introduced themselves and said, hey, I have listened to just an enormous about amount of your work and I appreciate it. And I said, first I said, I'm sorry you had to listen to it. And it was all me, but um, you know, thank you for that, for kind of that feedback. So later in the day at lunch, uh, I just, I was sitting at a table. I was having lunch, checking my phone and a couple of them, including this gentleman came and sat with me and found out uh, some things about him. And, and I said, Hey, you, do you want to get together for just a you know, cocktail tonight afterwards? He's like, yeah. And so we got an opportunity to, to meet afterwards and just have this great, really great conversation. And so the, 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 the conversation, the relationship is accelerated a little bit because uh, for them, they have gotten to hear a lot about me, a lot about what we do, a lot about that. So, you know, it, it makes these bonds, it makes these connections to your customer, to the to people you're trying to influence, whatever, that that they were way more comfortable. Typically, he probably wouldn't have been a guy who just would have come up and said something had he not seen me, right? I wasn't out there talking. I was just sitting out in the atrium having breakfast and and he saw me. And so, that recognition of that um, allows me and gives me an opportunity to have some conversations that I may not get a chance to get if I didn't have video. So it's a great tool. I mean, I, I, I probably have dozens of stories that are just right. like that. Um, that one just happened yesterday. So it happened. It was happening four years ago. It's happening today. The video really does pay off. I think so. And it's a testament to your like ability because people like what you're doing. They like the way you present yourself. So they feel comfortable coming up to you, whereas otherwise they might say, okay, he's on the other side of the fence and yeah. I'm not going to not going to approach. Um, we're at the bottom of the hour. Can you stick around for a little post sure. show? Yeah. We can take yeah. some questions yeah. from the chat as well. This is StreamYard Connect. Um, I'll just tell you real quick that you can always catch the town hall with uh, the co-founders, Gage and Dan, Sunday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. So look for that every Sunday night on uh, Facebook and YouTube and Periscope and LinkedIn Live. So we're continuing here. We're in the post show, but we're just going to continue rolling along here. We have a terrific guest, Jim Collison from Gallup and the Average Guy TV uh, Network, and Ask the Podcast Coach, and I'm sure you've, uh, you've you've got time for a few more shows probably to add. No, I think I'm maxed at this point. <laughs> <laughs> there, listen, there is a, three, a theoretical max for podcasters, so if you're thinking of creating another show, just be very careful about the next show you create. They, they do take a little time. <laughs> so talk about what it was like when you started out with the idea of going to Gallup and you walk into somebody's office and you say, I think we should try doing some video or doing some podcasts here. What kind of reaction did you get? Yeah, I think when I initially broached it, because I started my own tech hobby podcast a couple of years before we started doing it at work. And I, and I remember as I got into this, I met with my manager um, during a annual review kind of thing. And I said, hey, if we ever start doing anything like this, I want in, right? I want to be right. in on this thing. And through a long series of events, uh, they kind of started this idea of, hey, we could do a conference call and we could invite all these people to come listen to it. And ended up the, the conference call company wasn't really, I mean, this is eight years ago. So live streaming still really wasn't a thing. 
mm-hmm. I'm going to charge us a couple grand to do this. And I had been doing it live on YouTube for nothing. And so um, it, it was a, to be honest, it was a pretty easy sell from that perspective. Like, Hey, look, I can do a lot with a little and we can reach a million people at, at one point in time. I think right before that or right after it, you know, Felix Baumgartner jumped out of a space capsule and achieved the speed of sound as he plummeted down to the earth, right? A million people watched that on YouTube. And my one of my bosses said, hey, um, how many people could you support using this method, right? And I said, well, Felix did a million. We could probably do a million people. And, you know, they're like, for the first time, they kind of saw the scalability of this. Again, not a very, very hard sell. Hardest sell was probably content. And, you know, when you're working in the enterprise and the brand are in our brand is super important. Like, I mean, we just really protect our brand that um, you, you, you want to be careful with it. And so I think the, for me, the hardest thing is just making sure I represent the brand appropriately, making sure that I'm doing all those things that are consistent with that and making sure I'm, uh, I'm being a good steward of what has been given to me from an organizational uh, standpoint. This is where it's very, very different than hobby podcasting. On my hobby podcast, I can pretty much do anything I want. Like <laughs> that's, and you know, we keep it within reason. At work, I've really got to follow a set of guidelines. Um, now, Gallup does gives me a lot of freedom in what I do, and we've kind of proven out over the last seven years that that we have a we have a product that will stand the test of time, and so I, I get to continue to do that. Um, but yeah, Ross, the, the challenge for me wasn't necessarily convincing. Now that's, that's different for not, you know, not everybody, it's not the same for everybody. Some people would, that the, the executive team would be a challenge to try to convince like, Hey, right. let me, let me do this. That could be, uh, that could be an option. You're no longer just playing in your own space. You've really got to share the space in the corporate identity with everybody in the organization. And so yeah, it gets to be a little bit of a challenge in there. And not everybody, not ex- every executive team is ready to say, yeah, no, I'm I'm ready to let you go and do this thing called podcasting or, or live streaming. Yeah, we want to get to some questions from the chat. Uh, before we do that, I, I just wanted to ask if if you were going to advise somebody who worked at a company and they saw an opportunity and they felt that it was ripe to use podcasting, live streaming, either as outreach to customers and clients or internally for, uh, you know, an initiative for internal communication, how would you go about explaining the value uh, to perhaps an executive team that doesn't really understand what this is all about? Yeah, I think a bit of advice I'd give even before that is if you're not doing your own, you should start one. So be careful, you know, you, you might want to know what you're getting into on this live streaming podcasting stuff, because, um, yeah, you just need to know what you're getting yourself into. And if you can't do it for yourself, if you can't kind of build an audience and get it all figured out, I mean, you're going to struggle in the enterprise to, to get it done as well, to convince the executives, like they they really kind of need to know some bottom line stuff in, in every organization is a little bit different. I think the the best entry into this is through our, a marketing team, marketing communications, one of those kinds of teams, and really begin to say, hey, how do I become kind of a part of your marketing strategy? And um, and working with those teams to get that done, I would certainly I would certainly try to win that chief marketing officer first, uh, 
mm-hmm. and then make my way to the executive team if that's what it was going to require. It depends on how big the company is and how it's structured and all those kinds of things, right? This is a really hard question because right. every company is kind of different. But that if I were if I were to do it again, that's certainly how I'd approach uh, the scenario. But Canon, I can't emphasize enough: if you're you want to do this and you're not currently doing it on your own, that should probably be your first step. Sounds good. Let's bring a question from Brigetti, who's watching on Facebook. She wants to know what camera you're using. I'm using the old Logitech C920. It's a staple. I think today that's a C922. That's what uh, that's you, out. I, I don't know the difference between the two, but that's what I'm using. I think that I think they changed just a small bit of the internals, but but a great camera, great multi-purpose camera. Um, a minimum, they're fifty to hundred dollars, depending where you buy them. You can find old C920s right now. They're they're cheap. They're like fifty bucks. So a great little camera, 1080. Uh, Streamyard only streams at 720. So you're you're not gonna you're not gonna fully max it out just yet anyway. And so it's a great little camera. Yeah, and lighting is the key when you're using the web. Totally camera. is. Something I've yeah. learned. If you look back at that video clip that we played earlier. Uh, I wasn't using a webcam uh, externally. I was using the built-in one, and uh, certainly didn't have enough lighting. No, and no, the C920s have internal processing, so they've got a little more juice on the inside. And then, I think not just lighting, but diffused lighting. Like you need, you, if you just took some, I see people do this all the time. By the way, they get those little ring lights. Mm-hmm. And then they put them right behind the camera. They put the camera in between. And then when they look into it, those lights create a little weird little circle in their eyes, which kind of makes them look possessed. So um, <laughs> I, I, my recommendation is don't get it right up front. Get it diffused. Get it as high as you can. Get it coming down. But yeah, light is a light. Lighting's key. I, I'm here in my office and I have a light that I use, not the overhead, although the overhead lights are on. They're pretty good. But I have a I have a light here that I use as well. Yeah, Rigetti says your lighting looks great. Thanks. Rinder wants to know um, where we can find you and what advice you have to give to people that are new. Wow. Okay. So, it, Ross, just go back about 10 minutes and Ross gave the best bio of me, everyone, anyone has ever given me. But um, here at Gallup, the easiest way to find us, gallup.com slash Strengths. So that is that is our hub for everything. All our webcasts are there. It's hard to miss. When you get there again, gallup.com slash Clifton strengths, the hobby stuff I do out at the average guy, just all one word, the average guy.tv. And then what, what advice would I give? Um, be ready to work. Like be ready. This, this looks fun and easy, but it's a, there's a ton of work behind this. And so, um, you know, if you, if you haven't started already, start, do some things where you practice, get out there and get some, you know, get some practice at it. Not everybody's good at it right out of the shoot. So just get started is kind of what we say. If you were advising someone who was getting started as someone who podcasts, live streams and maintains a YouTube channel, is there one area where you would say, this is, this is where you should focus first to build your audience, to get yeah. credibility, to reach people. Where do you think right now of the three areas uh, should the priority be, or should you be putting your content on all three, regardless of what stage you're at? Yeah, I try to get it everywhere, like today. And that's a lot of work, you know, posting it to YouTube, posting it, um, getting all the Facebook announcements. We have a Discord group that it goes in. I've got about nine different places that that I put the audio file. A video is really just one place, YouTube. Um, I think if you're going to, if you have to choose, um, you, you know, 
far and above YouTube, I think, is right now the most important place to be. Now, if you're audio only, that generates some challenges because not a lot of people will watch audio only on YouTube. So your mileage might vary. I think if you have really, really creative, I think the best stuff on YouTube right now is the very creative how-to DIY, those kinds of vlogging. I mean, that is that has gotten super popular on YouTube. I think, uh, Ross, for this kind of stuff, um, I posted on YouTube. They they maybe do 100 views on YouTube. Not, not very much. This is kind of more podcast heavy and strong. So right. make this a podcast. Make this available on Spotify and Stitcher and TuneIn and, you know, iHeartRadio. Um, and, and then you, podcasting, this is a message I can't say enough. Podcasting is like starting a small business. So, right. you know, say you're going to open a hot dog stand. Like, how do you get people to come to your hot dog stand? If you just stand there, not very many people are going to come. So you got to kind of go out and beat the streets, right? You got to go out and meet people. You got to get in places where people get a chance to hear you. You got to try and speak at conferences. You got to try and get some advertising, right? I mean, all those things, it's really a small business. If you want to be famous, so to speak, I'm using air quotes for those who are listening to the audio, um, that it, you you need to, um, you got you to gotta work this thing. It's just not going to happen by itself. Yeah. Lynn on uh, LinkedIn, uh, you know, as Liquidy from yeah. uh, Gluten-Free uh, Travel Podcast, yeah. asks, um, and, and I don't know the answer. I don't know if you know the answer to this, how the green screen uh, capability on StreamYard is different from Zoom's green screen. Oh, no, I don't, I don't know the answer. If to anybody that in the chat knows the answer, uh, throw that in the chat and I'll, I'll put it up on screen. It's a great question. Um, I, I have not used, I've never used the green screen myself. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of them. Uh, personally, I'm not a big fan. So I don't, it, when they announced that, I was like, oh, it's really cool. I know some people are. Um, but I, um, it's a great tool. I mean, the fact that they can get this done in the browser, mm -hmm. pretty amazing. I think it might be cool too, when you're like on location somewhere and you want to put up a background and I'm thinking you could create, you could really put up a picture oh, yeah. behind you, you know, with your logos yeah. and your, you know, yeah. you have a sponsor yeah. or whatever. I mean, there's a lot of little things you could do with it when you're in a location where, it just doesn't, right. you're covering right. something. You, you, you've been at, at an event where you're covering it and the background says nothing. Like it says we're in a hotel conference room. There's not enough branding or anything that puts you on site. So if you have like one of those green screens and you set it up behind it and you've got an image that has, you know, your logo, the name of the event, whatever, all of a sudden you, you're you're on the scene. I mean, of yeah. course, you could do it. You could you could cover the event from here and say you're on the scene. But if you use it properly, ethically, whatever, uh, it can be great for for covering events, and it also can be a lot of fun. Just if you're just playing around from mm -hmm. from your your desktop and you want to pop up that you're in Hawaii or you're you know you're outside in the snow or. <laughs> I, I went into New York the other day. I was taking pictures in the subway. I'm like going to be broadcasting from the sub. I still have to get a green screen. But I mean, there's some fun things you can do if you're if you're playing around. But if you're doing it, obviously, for business or to yeah. re represent yeah. your own business, you might want to use it more cautiously. And it just yeah, just test it out a little bit. I think it could get obnoxious. Like, don't put Paris behind you unless you're in Paris. <laughs> like, you know, um, you know, don't 
don't do okay this is my own personal opinion but don't do mountains and streams and i that's just kind of weird to be honest but again it depends on your scenario it depends on you know what you're trying to do with that mm-hmm. um be creative with it i think it's really cool i used to take a ton of horsepower to yeah. get that done and now you know the cloud is had has made that um, more efficient. Ross, let me say one more thing around, uh, around getting started. Um, as, sure. as I think about this, you know, at Gallup, we're in the business of really helping people be better versions of themselves. We have a Clifton Strengths assessment someone can take. You get these top five talent themes. I think the, the, the same thing applies, right? That those themes kind of tell you what you're good at, right? And they kind of tell you some, they give you some clues to this talent that you have. I think as you look at, at this medium, Think a self inventory of who of who you are and what you're really good at needs to kind of be taken and to say what what am I already good at and what do I need to hire out or or what what do I need to get help with? So many I, so many podcasters kind of come to this and they try to be everything and that's just in a lot of cases just just not possible. You're you're better off partnering with somebody or hiring some of it out or or, or what have you. If money's a concern, certainly you can do it all, and there's plenty of free services to get it done. But I think really kind of understanding your own talents, your own where you've been successful in the past, those kinds of things help kind of focus you in on what you're really really good at, and then design your interviews, design your style all around you know something you've already been successful at or you know or you really like doing. One of those kinds of things. You'll, you'll, you'll do it much longer. You'll do it much better if you get to those natural talents. And, and so find some way, certainly our assessment can help with that. If that's, if that's something you want to uh, dig into gallup.com slash Clifton strengths, a lot of information about it there, but dig towards like, what am I already good at and what do I need help with? Gallup.com slash Clifton strengths is the website you can find. Jim's podcasts and webcasts and live streams there. You can also find the Clifton Strengths assessment. I I did it twice, I think. I did it yeah, once. Nice. Uh, I did it with a code, and then I went back and I did the full paid version. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's fascinating. It yeah. really is to uh, get that insight on on your strengths. Would you say that there's a couple of key qualities that a good podcaster, a good live streamer, a good video creator, is there something that, that, that you see as a theme that runs across who does well at that, or is it too individualized to people's personalities and like abilities, regardless of their core strengths? Yeah. There's a saying, you know, birds of a feather flock together. Right. And in, I see this too. There's no one style, like not everybody wants to listen to me and not everybody wants to listen to you, but certainly folks that like listening to me they start, right. They start doing right. that. They start just doing that. I have a style. I have, I, I like to do interview podcasts like that we're doing here. I like to do long play. I'm not a big editor. Right. right. And so over the 10 years I've been doing this, I've collected people who like that people who don't, they're listening to something else. Right. I'm not right. a storyteller. I'm not a, um, I, I don't, I'm not a creative from that standpoint. I'm not even a very good reviewer. Like I'm not, I feel like personally, I'm not good at doing open, you know, box, open box reviews and stuff. Um, but there are people who are, so this is, this goes back to that, find those things that you're good at and then just do more of them. Like find out where you're getting good comments. Listen, if, when you do get a listener, a follower, a watcher, ask them questions. What do you like about this? Why are you still here? (laughs) You know, why do you keep listening to me? You'll get some clues. 
in there as to why. And then if you like doing that, just keep doing more of it, right? Keep doing whatever that style is. So no, I don't think there's one particular style, Ross, that, that does it. The, the, the universe needs diversity, and, and we in podcasting need this diversity as well. We need everybody kind of doing their things. The universe will so also sort that out, right? Just because you're making a podcast faithfully doesn't mean it's going to be popular. Right. So that part you'll have to figure out your goals, what you want to do and those kinds of things. But no, we need lots of diversity in this space. I'd, I'd love to see everybody take a crack at it. That sounds good. Jim, thanks so much for spending you're some right. time. It's uh, terrific chatting with you always. And uh, keep doing what you're doing. Uh, Gallup, uh, Clifton Strengths, gallup.com slash Clifton Strengths for Jim's own podcast that he does outside of the enterprise. You can find them at theaverageguy.tv, theaverageguy.tv. And then Saturday mornings, askthepodcastcoach.com and on YouTube and on all your different podcasting apps. You can ask Jim. Any question you want about podcasting, uh, content creation, and also get Hall of Fame uh, podcaster Dave Jackson's input as well. They make a really fun duo and a great community uh, event every Saturday morning or just about every Saturday morning. So we we uh, I always look forward to that as, uh, you know, kind of the official kickoff of my weekend. <laughs> <laughs> it's a ton of fun. It's one of my favorite things to do. Dave is just a great guy. This is a good example. We fell into that by accident. And so Dave, we didn't start with a podcast in mind, but we certainly ended with one. And so um, it's a real privilege to do that. Ross, thanks for having me on. Thanks so much, Jim. It's, it's great to talk to you. Jim Appreciate Collison it. from Gallup. Thanks to Jim for spending some time. And thanks to everybody here. We are deep into some post-show. I, I want to say hi to uh, Jason Rodriguez here, Sam Sutter, uh, Brescia, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Corinder, Altavis, good to see you all. Thanks so much for being a part of the show today. Jordan is here. Um, Brigetti, of course, thanks for your questions. Thanks to Beauty Bubble for watching over on Twitch and also for uh, mentioning it's such a pleasure to hear from Jim. He's so smart and super helpful it definitely is awesome to have jim on the show uh niger says excellent thank you so much over on youtube because the comments from youtube don't yet come into uh the Streamyard dashboard because you uh not youtube linkedin too many too many too many places <laughs> uh jose antonio welcome thanks for watching lynn of course thanks for your great questions Bill Craig is on YouTube. Engen is on YouTube. Brad Friedman uh, says the green screen tool is a game changer. Thanks, Brad. And uh, Antonio as well over on LinkedIn, keeping the chat going. Thank you so much for being a part of this. We will be back uh, as I go into uh, my... Hmm. Here we go. Okay, so it's StreamYard shows. Just a reminder here, uh, the town hall is Sunday night, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. Every Sunday night, Gage and Dan are live on Facebook, YouTube, Periscope, and Twitter, and LinkedIn. And you can ask them your questions. Find out first about the new features and Bring your questions, your feature suggestions. They are awesome. They take all the questions. 
And I will not be here the next two weeks, but then I will be back with another episode of StreamYard Connect. And of course, we have the replays on the StreamYard Facebook page from the last several weeks. You can also go to any of the major podcasting apps and look up StreamYard Connect, listen to the audio version as well. Thanks again so much for being a part of another episode of StreamYard Connect. Have a great day, everybody.